Hi, and welcome to the Global Game Changers podcast. I'm James Digby, and I'll be your host for the show where each week we join a special guest and co-host and find out about their journey into tech and hear the stories that led them to where they are now. We'll sit down with startup founders, VCs, leading figures from corporate tech giants and the governmental sector to find out what makes them tick and the quirky memories that they've had along the way so far. In this week's show, we sit down with Matt Meeker, one of the co-founders of meetup.com, and he shares with us how the Navy sorted straight a cow-tipping delinquent from Iowa into a serial tech entrepreneur that shaped the way that we interacted online through offline experiences. The episode goes into the depths of the ups and downs that come with entrepreneurship, from sleeping under his desk to save on rent, through to the heady heights that come with persistence and determination. It was great to hear the story of what life was like in Silicon Valley for a boy from Iowa. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome. We're here with Startup 42 Media. Uh, it's James and Alex, as always. Uh, we're live, and I'm, I'm very, very excited. Uh, we're here with Matt Meeker. You probably know him as co-founder of Meetup.com, his new venture, Bark. Uh, fam- he is my favorite founder of both of those that I've ever met. Uh, not that I've met any of the other ones, so I know one from both, from both companies. <laughs> He's really great. Um, I'm just really excited, so I think we just want to jump right into it. Matt, can you tell us just like a little bit of your background? Go as far back, and, and I just want to kind of get a sense of you know your journey and how you got to these. Both companies sound really really cool. Sure, um, sure. Thank and thanks for inviting me. Um, going way back, so I was born in Iowa, very small state in the middle of nowhere in the U.S. Uh, can gr- I ask yeah. a quick question around that? Uh, what was it like to live in a flyover state? <laughs> You're not aware. That sounds like very Americanist. Wait, wait, and, and actually, since I asked that question, and a lot of people aren't really American, can you tell people what is, what is a flyover state? A flyover <laughs> state. So for for people, certainly in New York City and in L- California. Like myself. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm a New Yorker who went to Berkeley, so yeah. Yeah. I have my foot in both. And maybe Europe, too. I don't know. <laughs> uh, people think that... People in New York think that there's New York, there's New Jersey, and then there's a bunch of stuff that we don't know, and then there's California. <laughs> so you fly over all the other stuff. Uh, it's so only New Jersey is connected because they can see it. Is that Because why? people from New Jersey come to New York to work, wow. so you're likely to know someone from that's there. That's it. Yeah. No, it, it's actually <laughs> because it's kind why. of our little brother of New York City. Okay. So we just sort of know, like, oh, there's this one over there. It's like the little brother, and, you know, okay. we don't take it too seriously. Under the arm. It's yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. We can recognize you. It's it, all right. It, it, Other people know. <laughs> no one <laughs> good that California lives cousin. There. No, no one good lives there well, at all. Well, Bruce Springsteen. That's about it. Uh, I mean, I, you said you said you said. Well, I, actually, <laughs> I, 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 I am a pretty big fan, but but. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so Iowa. So Iowa. Yeah, grew up in Iowa. Uh, I've been asked like recently. A lot of people have asked what kind of kid I was. Uh, a bad kid. Uh, yeah, define <laughs> what is define. What do you mean by a we bad kid? You were like kid? a delinquent. Yes, delinquent. That's so so, what kind of delinquency <laughs> were you getting into? Uh, you know, petty theft. Things like that. Okay. Uh, drinking, but, but far too early. But as as American so, standards, as someone who sees Iowa as a flyover state, like were you stealing cows or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that the petty theft you were we doing? We tip cows. <laughs> yeah, you tip cows. <laughs> can you can you clarify that fact? Is, is that fact? Did you tip cows in, yes. in Iowa? Oh, sorry. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going only on American pop culture here. No, no, no. Cow tipping is a thing. Um, there's a technique to it. 
There so, is. Yeah. What is the best way to tip a cow? Uh, you have to get underneath and come up from... The, it's on the side. So you have to really, really push and like yeah. give it some heave? And oh, yeah. It usually takes a couple people. And you got got to come like <laughs> mid-body low and get it. Okay. Get so if you come from the rear, it's it's not it's not gonna move. It's, no, it's no, no, no. You should see Matt's face right now. Like, that is a terrible method <laughs> of cow. Why would you tip <laughs> a cow in that way? <laughs> no, no, no. You got to get them from the side and while they're asleep. And sleeping. Yes. What yes. And what what would happen if like? I just out of curiosity because I know absolutely nothing about this. <laughs> if you were to try to tip a uh, tip a cow while it was awake. Like what would go on? Uh, it would just move. It would just move. It'd yeah. just be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Scamper away. <laughs> what you. the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you trying to tip me? <laughs> okay. They don't. They don't get too nasty, but no, they, no, they just scamper away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but there you go. I, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, There'll be a few of those from school. You know, I I did enough to get by. Mm-hmm. I did the bare minimum. Uh, did okay. Mm-hmm. So not a great student. Nothing. You know, not very proud parents. Let's say <laughs> coming out of high school, they're I, like. Oh, he's there. Hey, <laughs> just a quick on that. Has I'm gonna hope that's changed, or, or are they still like? I think so. <laughs> it's it's they, funny. They actually, you love Thanksgiving, right? So they did. Yeah. A funny story is my dad actually works for us now. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's Fantastic. A f- he's a few rungs down from me, so I don't. <laughs> he doesn't report to me. <laughs> did you make sure it was that way? Oh yeah, it was one hundred percent like speaking to HR. By the way, you got this person coming in today, right? Yeah, and if he comes in and you hire him, he's gonna go over there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Full segregation. Wait, like. You don't have to hire him though. As <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Is <laughs> is just out of curiosity? Uh, since you're working with my dad, is he like? telling all these funny anecdotes about you as a kid to all like your employees he does yeah <laughs> shares pictures it's yeah that's a downside that's a really? terrible downside like, yes. so he'll just whip out the family album yeah here you go, look at him yeah. running so they the show garden. up in emails oh. other people will send emails <laughs> digitalize them yeah well so, so that that's a big statement he will take a photo of the photo oh send it to someone. Wow. <laughs> uh, go digital right but, but yeah. is, is his signature just basically like baby pictures of matt meager because <laughs> that's other people's in the company yeah, yeah. now Wait, have you just hired your whole family is that what it, no, no no only him only him <laughs> thankfully uh. but going from high school did, yeah did you go into college I did. So I went. Was that a better, a different experience for you? Uh, not initially. So I did. So you were still stealing and not and just making. No, it no, no the, the theft ended when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> once you get to, you, you eight, grew, you grew out of the theft. I did. I did. <laughs> because when you get to be seventeen, eighteen, there are real consequences to it. Um. Unlike when you're twelve or thirteen. So, uh, I did grow out of it. <laughs> I went to college. It wasn't worth it for that that candy bar. <laughs> no. I, I kind of like it. You you basically had a theft phase. I did. Yeah, yeah. Bad seed. Um, <laughs> I went to college for a semester mm-hmm. and kept my track record going. Very poor student. Well. This time I was paying for it, so I, I decided that's enough of that. And I dropped out of school, and I joined the U.S. Navy. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that instilled some discipline. Was that discipline. The, other, the, the other choice that you had? Like, you know, if you're going to drop out of school, you're going to have to go into the military in some way. No, no, it was more random than that. I dropped out and then I was bored and I was <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so did you get inspired by see the world and the, the navy adverts? Part of that. 
Wait, but yeah. That, wasn't yeah. a recruiter in a, in a parking lot that, that kind of swayed you? It no, was... I had a couple friends who did it. Uh, I, I talked to them. I ended up going to talk to a recruiter. Matt, can I ask you just a really quick question around yeah. this? Like, what, roughly, when are we talking? 70s, 80s, 90s? Uh, like, 90s. 2000s. 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> A couple weeks ago, like nineties, nineties. Okay, yeah. So, are we talking like Iraq war, like the first earlier Iraq war? Or kind of uh, missed that. No, like after that. Okay. Um, but the conflict I was in was the Bosnian one. Okay. So right in the right oh, in the wow. thick of that. Um, so I got a little. But you knew that right at the time. I didn't know that's where I would end up. No. Okay. No. Did you assume that you would go on active duty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you knew that that, that You knew happen, that, yeah. But you just didn't realize it would be right away. What I knew going in was I was going to Chicago for boot camp mm-hmm. in February, which is lovely. Um, <laughs> it's great to be outside a lot. They also do Super Bowls now. Well. I don't see why. Like on the East Coast at that time, why? Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean, Chicago is not the East Coast, but sure. But then I got <laughs> six months in New Orleans, which was fantastic. Oh, uh, uh, yes. You know, when you're 19 <laughs> I, years old, New Orleans, amazing. Yeah. Mardi yeah. Gras time or... What's that? Was it during Mardi Gras? It time was after. Well? So even outside of Mardi Gras, it's fantastic, right? It's great all <laughs> Wait, the time. All year yeah. round. No, no, they don't stop. I don't know if you... This is definitely divergence, but there's a really great um, comedian named Hannibal Verge who talks about, like, in Mardi Gras, you can throw your own parade, and the police will help you do it. Yes. And it's like 50 bucks. <laughs> I lived in Baton yeah. Rouge for a little while. <laughs> of all places. It's crazy. In a flyover state. <laughs> no, not really. It's no. kind of... On the south, no well, flies no, over that way. No, well, because everyone loves Mardi Gras, so yeah. so it's not really part of the considered part of the flyover like part. The fun, fun cousin. <laughs> it's like the fun, fun cousin. Yeah, yeah everyone. The, the, the distant cousin. Everyone gets drunk with the so French like, cousin. <laughs> it's the French cousin. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's exempt, like Florida. Okay, <laughs> Florida's where you're gonna retire. Okay, so you've got to know about that in your head. Okay, so yeah. that, that's like your I'm old learning aunt. a lot of yeah. American. Florida's your old aunt, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. New Orleans is your French cousin. There's Texas. That's just a thing. Yeah. He's your racist uncle. Like. Right. <laughs> That's right. They have guns. They have guns in Texas. <laughs> okay. Is this how all these get? Yeah. yeah uh, basically. Okay. Great. This is what you're Counting in for. The thing is, is specific to you, Matt. Yeah. I must admit. Like, okay. Yeah. It's, we but do our first few times. all kind of like this, though. Um, we we like to get to know you, and we get mm. to you know where you're from and, and where you came up from, and what what really got you to inspire to do the things that you did. Yeah, uh, you know we're not here to say like you know this is the system you should use or this is the how. I mean, well, more about you from that uh, from that experience, I got a lot of discipline and self motivation mm-hmm. of like get yourself together, figure it out. Went back to school, finished all that. Um, I was pretty lucky. Like generally, I would say school was a waste of time for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I didn't get much from it. I mm-hmm. think we all f- have that feeling about college of like, why am I in this class? Mm-hmm. I'm not learning anything. It won't be used. <laughs> I got one class out of five years of school that meant something to me, and it was a professor in I don't know early mid '90s who he was teaching a class called marketing and communications. So I walk in, I'm expecting to learn about that. And he said, who knows what the internet is? No one raised their hand. And he said, after you leave this class, you will. That, <laughs> this is now Internet 101. <laughs> That's and amazing. It was incredible. So it's, Internet 101 changed your life from that point? It certainly opened my eyes because he was selling um, all of this. He was selling, <laughs> there's a big vision to this. Mm-hmm. Not many people know about it. It will it will launch but, a lot of careers. But that's super interesting that there was this one professor who basically had the foresight to be like, 
this is what marketing communications is going to be. Yeah. I'd rather just teach you everything you need to know about this because maybe not immediately, but in the not too distant future, this is going to be your entire job. Yeah. If, if you're going in, yeah. in, down this path, that, yeah. that, that's amazing. I think that's super cool. And it was incredible. And I'm still connected to him all mm -hmm. the time. Uh, great guy. So we, and it, it mattered for me right away. Coming out of college, have all these job interviews with the standard companies, you know, mm -hmm. it's Ford Motor Company, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, fine companies, and I chose to go to a really small digital ad agency in New York. And this is where my parents come in and say, like, what the hell is a digital ad agency? What are you doing? Um, when you had um, options from all of these big corporates and mm -hmm. well-established and branded and well-known companies. Yeah. And, and just... <clears throat> Keeping this in my head timeline-wise, this sounds like it was probably right around dot-com bust-ish era. Before. Like, but but yeah. we're approaching, we're probably talking 97, 8-ish, yep. something like that. 97, yeah. So that I joined July of 97. We were, we were small when I accepted the job. Uh, when I accepted, I think there were eight people in the company. When I got there three months later, there were about 65 people. Wow. And just... We were representing Disney, Staples, Capital One, Discover Card, just huge brands saying, we built a website, now we need people to come to it. Please help. Because they just didn't know what to do with it. Is that just, you know, they knew that something had to be done. They'd never thought of it. I mean, if yeah. <laughs> you, you build all these things, um, you build consumer products, and they've got distribution and retailers, and they never thought about, oh, my God, we've built something, and now we have to get people to come to us. Um <laughs> So we were there to help with that. Wow. Yeah. What an amazing ride. That, you know, so seeing in the birth of the digital age for, for these guys as well. It was really, really fun. And it seemed like something new was happening every day. I mean, I remember the first time Google came into the office and said, here's what we're doing. Uh, first time you saw, like, cost-per-click advertising, and our whole agency's head exploded. They were like, That'll never work. People will never buy advertising that way. <laughs> and they were 100% correct. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we sold that um, December of 99, mm. right before the bust. Uh, so did you uh -huh. did you end up doing... Were, were you in early enough that you could get a, a piece of that sale? or, or not Yeah, really? a, a small piece. But yeah, yeah, for w sure. Was that sort of the... Not that I know the exact timeline of things, did that more or less become the seed for Meetup, or, or there's still a little bit in between? There was a little bit in between. Okay. Uh, so I left that, and I went and joined one of the investors from that. Uh, we were doing something crazy at the time. Uh, it's crazy today, and it was crazier then. So text messaging didn't exist in the U.S. for, for the most part. Mobile phones barely did. Uh, and we had created... Uh, I don't have a sample, unfortunately, but like in the form factor of a credit card, we had built in an LCD window and keys where you could operate it and send messages to and from, like receive messages to the card and send messages from it at Bluetooth. So wow. as you pass through a store, a store could send you an offer based on the that's aisle you were in. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Uh, 2000. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's crazy today. Like like it is crazy today. <laughs> but but it, I feel like okay, you're talking about a store doing that, and there's a marketing side. But I feel like that'd be such a good way to interact with your credit card company. It could be, yeah. No, no. But I'm just saying, like like yeah. I don't know. It's it's them checking in on you and and doing whatever, or just you know, yeah. 
The but. technical part of it was very hard, but we got the battery life on one of those two about 18 months. Uh, wow. She's on. Yeah. Well. But it, we, uh, it was a great lesson for me. We, uh, we raised a ton of money, um, attracted huge talent, like mm -hmm. big, big name talent to it, and never launched a thing. The reason you've mm -hmm. never heard of it is never got out the door. Um, what were the, th the the final stumbling blocks to say that we can't get this out? It's just it, said we have to shutter this. It was hiring. <laughs> it was hiring a bunch of people who, um, I I often say, if we had a billion dollars in revenue, this group would have turned it into ten, like that, mm -hmm. easily. They couldn't go from zero to one. Mm -hmm. If you said to them, um, mm -hmm. go down to the street, and sell someone a hot dog, they would write a 400 page PowerPoint about it and present it and go to raise money for it and talk about the systems of how do you source hot dogs and how do you source a bun? Like it wouldn't occur to one of them just walk across to a grocery store, buy a bun and a hot dog, put it down and like offer it to someone. It would oh. never mm. occur to them. Um, mm. So it was, it was the wrong people, just no. the wrong people for the wrong stage. Great oh. people, really, really brilliant who have done amazing things, but not right for that. I, I think that's one of the things that's always really interesting sort of about the entrepreneurship and company development and stuff is, is that I think there are specific people that are appropriate for specific stages of the company. Yeah. And it's not just getting like really good people in. It's getting really good people in at sort of specific moments of the development process. Yeah. And it seems like you it sounds like these people would have been really, really good if the company was at a different stage, but you kind of got them at the wrong point, and so they weren't the right match exactly. at the moment they came in into the, the And company. they're coming in at that moment where it's about as frothy as it can be. So yeah. they're they're like, I want my dot-com millions and billions as well. Like, where do I sign up? Uh, so yeah. their their motivation for it was wrong. Um, it, it was just it was a great lesson for me of you got to get a product out. You've got to have the right people around it. You can't just talk about this thing endlessly for for mm -hmm. eighteen months, which we did. Yep. Wow. Yep. So it never saw the light of day, and then we um, we sort of blamed nine eleven for how the fundraising <laughs> environment turned. We can't raise money. We should just shut it down. Uh, um, it was a convenient so excuse. I was about to say <laughs> came by conveniently. <laughs> Well, well, you need a story. You have to tell yourself something. So if there's a silver lining of a national tragedy, <laughs> it's that that became an excuse for you to shut down this this kind of... Well, there were two. Uh, <laughs> Let's get another silver lining of yeah. a national tragedy. Actually, Meetup came out of that yeah, as well. Uh, Meetup was born because New York changed in a big way after that, and people talked to each other and had genuine, mm -hmm. like, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh. Kind of, And so we wanted to recreate that feeling worldwide. No. So, that's really interesting. Sorry, I find it really interesting you say that, and, and I don't think I've really mentioned that on the show at all, but uh, I'm a New Yorker, born and raised there, and uh, I remember that happening after 9-11, and yeah. I actually, crazy crazy side story for whoever's listening to this, uh, I went to Stuyvesant, you're probably familiar, I went to Stuyvesant. Yeah. 9-11 uh, was my first week of high school, really? and I watched it all from our buildings, and it's like three blocks from the Trade Center, but I do remember, like, I remember how the city changed from this... I, New York is always a place where I, the way that I see it is everyone's hyper focused on where they're getting everywhere. Because if you're not yeah. like that, like you're just you're, getting you're, run over. Well, not just you're getting run over. People will suck out your time. Yeah. Like there's so many distractions everywhere, and so many people trying to get your attention that if you're not laser focused and, and blinders, 
then then people are going to be stopping you every like 30 seconds and yeah. it will take you hours to get anywhere. So everyone tends to be like hyper focused on I need to get from point A to point B. Don't bother me, whatever. But usually under that layer, if you can actually get to people, they're super nice and so on yeah. and so forth. But I remember after 9-11, there was just this huge energy of the city of like, hey, we're in this together. We need to come up together. We need to there was a, just a different energy in the city. And I, I feel like some of that has kind of stayed uh, and it, it kind of yeah. kept in the ecosystem. And, and since then, it, it's hasn't been as gritty as it was pre 9-11. It's, it's a little bit more open, a little yeah. bit more people realize like, all right, like, like let's, we don't have to be as. Yeah. It fluid. really slowed down when it, mm-hmm. right after. Yeah. Uh, and it, you could just feel it. Yeah. You felt it out on the street all the time. So yeah. we, we were inspired by that and thinking like, it's got to be like this everywhere. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. And if you remember at the time, um, it was also sort of taboo to meet someone online and then mm-hmm. go meet them out in the real yeah. world. That mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. oh my God, you're going to get killed. Yeah. Um, your kids are going to get taken. Something <laughs> bad will happen to you. So we wanted to change that as well. Interesting. What I'm just thinking about this, like what, I'm like formulating this question as we go, like what were the sort of, MVP meetups of meetup.com. Like, I'm really curious. Like, were those first like meetups that gatherings that happened that you were trying to like, we have this online platform to bring people together. Like, you you obviously need a first couple of meetups to like showcase. So, what were those like? So, we we started with a list that we made of 200 topics to start with, and we were completely wrong. Um, like, <laughs> we put things on there like you know new york yankee baseball um the beatles things like that those people don't need meetups uh, and <laughs> we, no we thought like oh there are a ton of yankee fans so they'll all come together in a bar and they already do that they don't need us for that and it's also not taboo to walk up to someone in a bar or a restaurant and say like hey you yankee fan like yeah i'm a yankee fan how about you yeah normal conversation <laughs> What's not normal is to walk up to someone in a grocery store and say, do you happen to be a witch? Uh, <laughs> like, that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, it might get you burned. It might. <laughs> but that was... Uh, the, so wait, the, was the witch the first meetup? Witches were huge for us. It wasn't the first, but um, the, the early days... Witch, I okay, op- what are the big segments then? Like, yeah. Witches. I, I often <laughs> refer to the early days as the fir- like, first two years. Freaks and geeks. Um, those were the communities that got together. So it was witches, pagans, uh, I'm not even kidding, vampires, teen vampires. Um, there's te- a separate sub- sub-segment for teen vampires. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Oh, yeah. and To prevent uh, pedophiles. LGBT uh, <laughs> pagans and things like that. People just keep going with that. All the way down, like really sub-sexting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And we... This is one of my favorites. We have uh, we have vampires, and we have vampire hunters. <laughs> and the vampires are very paranoid that we've created this system <laughs> to trap them for the vampire hunters. So they they really so want to make sure that that's not going on. So so so, so did they just like secretly True think? Story. So they just basically secretly think that Meetup.com was created by the vampire hunter mafia. Yeah. <laughs> to catch all the vampires. That's right. Trap them in a room and kill them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they never publicly listed the location or? We were, at the time, we were listing the locations and really? choosing them. So that gave them a lot of anxiety. But wow. they showed up. They, they showed up. 
Didn't draw blood though. And then uh, <laughs> on the geek side, it was like tech communities. Like I don't know if you know Slashdot. That was a big one for us. It's it's a hardcore tech community where uh, okay. those are funny meetups where you get uh, hardcore engineers into a bar. And basically, they line the walls all the way. The, the middle of the room's wide open if anyone wants to walk through. Uh, it's crazy. They just stick to the walls. Uh, and everyone just socializing with the one person next to them. Yeah. If that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry for us. Oh, no. So, so um, flash forward from there, like, you know, meetup.com, you know, I'm guessing you had a, a fantastic little ride all the way through. Yeah. And, um, and I actually have a, I met your other co-founder scott scott yeah many many moons ago yeah um giving a talk and uh, and actually I, I recalled the story of the 9-11 yeah um and, and how it brought together but it's so technically i can't say that right? <laughs> <laughs> whatever alex was allowed to say no um <laughs> sorry once again I'm, I'm but uh i mean ultimately is that would flash forward fuck yeah where you are now what brought you to there i mean was it i think guessing you had the opportunity to again have whatever you wanted to, to go into and you took some time from when you left? Uh, so I left Meetup. I joined a venture firm for a couple of years. So this is the same as the last time, technically. Like, you know, so you left and you had, went to an investment firm. Yep. And then yep. now it's a venture firm. Yep. Decades have changed. And I was, uh, I was running an incubator for them, mm -hmm. seeing a lot of commerce deals. I didn't understand how commerce really worked as a business. Um, and then I also got this dog, Hugo who I love to death. So it's this sort of collision of, I want to understand commerce and I want to build something for him. Hey, quick question, because I didn't do a lot of research in this, and this is what I really hope Bark is. Is Bark a meetup for dogs? No. no. Uh, I was really hoping that you like cloned yourself and you were just like, I'm the co-founder of Meetup, and guess what I'm doing? Meetup for dogs. No. Just like, but is that like the same meet as Meetup for Yankee fans? Is it, you, you but know? there are thousands of dog meetups. <laughs> <laughs> that was another big segment. That oh, was on it's the huge. It's huge. It's <laughs> super cool. <laughs> so, but then, you know, f with that in mind, I mean, so Bark was your passion born out of just the, the circumstances of where it was, right? Yes. Um, just my dog and my wanting to learn about a bit about how a business works. Yep. And then uh, I didn't expect it to really go anywhere. I thought that was my we'd get question, like a hundred like, customers and that'd be fine. How big was it? Was it just meant to be like a, um, a service? Like if I got this stuff and I got this great stuff for my new dog as well, bonus. I'm happy with that. And it wasn't meant to turn into anything else. That's it. Yeah. It wasn't so. meant to go anywhere because I love my job. Mm -hmm. uh, venture capital is very easy. It's, <laughs> you know, not a lot's expected of you. If you do nothing, then you're smart because you're, you're selective. You're wiser than money. <laughs> you get paid really well. You get a lot of vacation. Well, it's amazing. Well, isn't so. that, one of the things I find crazy <laughs> about like the proper venture capital industry, and I think we need to wrap up, but essentially you can be wrong 99% of the time <laughs> and you're, they're still going to pay you really well. Like, right. like, it's like, you're basically terrible at your job and then you just get paid really well for it. Like, that's crazy. There's no other industry like that. Right. Yeah. You can get away with that for a really long time. Uh, but, and you get, you get outsized rewards for guessing right at one point in time. Um, so luck plays a little bit of a, a part. Oh, wow. Wow. 
This uh, has been a fascinating journey from, from, <laughs> from where we started in Iowa and cow tipping yes. and petty theft <laughs> to, to, you know, coming together and, and having a good couple of exits and, and really taking, you know, digital world by storm. So thanks to that professor. Is there a shout out? What, what was his name? Mark Ritson. Mark yeah. Ritson. Mark's I mean, in Australia now. Uh, good day, mate. We should be thanking Mark. Yeah. Thank you, Mark, for, for getting this together. For teaching about the internet. I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> you did well. Good job. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank Mark. So anyways, and we're off until the next recording. Thank you very much again. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Matt and Alex for joining us this week. If, like me, you now have a secret desire to tip a cow with a friend, you're probably not alone. Now, if you like the show, take a moment to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes direct to your device. Next week, we've got Aaron Ross, the author of the best-selling, award-winning book, Predictable Revenue, often referred to as the sales bible of Silicon Valley. Until next time, I'm James Digby, and you've been listening to the Global Game Changers podcast by Startup 42 Media. Startup 42 Media.